0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Sam Bankman-Fried was interviewed at a conference, and it is beyond weird. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. We are in the final month of 2022. I, I, how many times have I said and I think it's like every day. Oh, Time's moving so fast. It really is. I, I'm, I'm super surprised that we're already in December. It was like just yesterday. It was warm outside. I was riding the motorcycle. I miss my bike. Anyway, we'll get it out here soon enough. A couple more months. Maybe I'll just take it down to Florida and ride around down there. Before we get into the crypto prices, we should note that Fed Chair Jerome Powell said in his speech that December would likely bring smaller interest rate hikes. And they're talking about the possibility of only 50 basis points, which means that things are still going higher, just not as extreme, not as fast, not as urgent. They're tapering that off a little bit. So it could explain some of the positive movement we have today in those crypto prices. And the time is 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $17,050, up 1.3% in 24. We have Ethereum at $1,274, up 1% in 24. Tether's number three. Binance is at 292 down 2.2%. And USDC is number five. Rounding off the top ten, we have BUSD, XRP, Dogecoin, Cardano, and Matic, which is up almost 6%. It's at 91.8 cents. The total market cap has climbed $7 billion overnight. It's at $857.5 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 38.3 and an F dominance of 18.3. Moving into today's headlines, and like I said in the intro, there was a summit called Book Summit. It was an annual event hosted by the New York Times, and it was moderated by Andrew Sorkin, and he's an award-winning journalist, a CNBC anchor. He's the author of Too Big to Fail, the story of the collapsed Lehman Brothers in the 2008 financial crisis. He also is the co-creator of the Showtime series Billions and the founder of the Summit Dealbook. Basically, he's doing well for himself, very well. And so Sam Bankman fried he was a speaker at this summit. He's been on there even through this whole fiasco. It was like, why is somebody having him speak at this event or continuing to have him speak at this event? Well, he showed up. And let's just say people were not happy that he was there. In quote, tweeted Carl Menger, Sam McFried should be sitting in a jail right now, but instead he's given an interview on the New York Times Deal Book Summit. Other used Sam's participation as a hook to mock the overall conference lineup, suggesting that it was a collection of unsavory characters, including Jeffrey Epstein, Osama bin Laden, and Voldemort. During the interview, Sam McFried reiterated that his claim that FTX U.S. is still fully funded and could begin withdrawals today. Some were understandably a little bit skeptical of this claim. Nile Patel tweeted, I can't even begin to explain the vibes of this SBF interview at DealBook. It's pin-drop silent and tense in the room, but SBF clearly cannot perceive that across the Zoom link. So he's just sort of chatting with Andrew Sorkin like it's any other Zoom call. Tony Batista, the co-host of Tasty Trade, tweeted this, Hashtag SBF, allegedly one of the brightest people in the world, with his defense Said, I didn't understand the risk. Sorkin has been getting a lot of feedback online for saying that this was a softball interview. Some people are saying that Sorkin was going hard in the paint with some of the questions. Sorkin asked Sam Bankman Fried if his lawyer suggested speaking at the conference was a good idea. Sam Bankman said, No, they're very not much, adding that he felt that it's his duty to speak. Sam Bankman Fried told the virtual audience that he made a lot of mistakes, but never tried to commit fraud. <laughs> I like that he's put it, never tried to commit fraud, even though he committed fraud. Allegedly, right? He said, in quote, I was not really cautious enough from a downside perspective. I was looking at 30% down move. Then what happened was a 95% down move. Hotspots' Karen Flanagan tweeted this. I remember when Bernie Madoff was caught and he did that softball interview with the New York Times conference whilst chilling at the beach. Oh, wait, of course, that didn't happen. Coffeezilla, I want to really point you guys to Coffeezilla did a whole beautiful tweet thread about this whole interview link is in the show notes but Coffeezilla tweeted this the crowd erupted in applause as interviewer thanks Sam Bankman-Fried for coming on uh what this man is a psychopath criminal who just lied for an hour straight he continued to say Sam is putting on a bullshit masterclass on the New York Times interview and then he put a thread so what else did Sam Bankman-Fried say in this interview well, Decrypt wrote up a beautiful article highlighting all of it. Link is in the show notes, but here is the gist. On regulation, he said, there's a bunch of bullshit that regulated companies do to try to look good. Adding that FTX was engaged in cultivating a favorable public image similar to that of larger companies. What do he say on reflecting on the crash? He said, I've had a bad month. The crowd laughed in response. Ha 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 ha. On philanthropy, he said, My donations were mostly for pandemic prevention. And when asked about the nature of his donations to various political campaigns, he said, It was on both sides of the aisles. I was not viewing it as a partisan exercise. Sam was also asked about funds he gave to different media companies and whether he was giving it to them to get preferential treatment in the press. He said, I was looking to support journalists that were doing great work because I think what they do is very important. I think it's healthy for the world that there is real investigative journalism. On the real estate in the Bahamas, he said, it was not intended to be their long-term property, Sam said in reference to his parents' property in the Bahamas. I don't know how that was paid for. (laughs) Ha, 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 okay. On risk management, he said, a lot of what we ended up doing was focused on what was a distraction from the extremely important area, and that was risk, he said. There were absolutely management failures. (laughs) Okay, on the polycule, a word that I just learned a couple weeks ago. He said there was no wild parties here. We would just play board games. (sighs) This is getting tiresome. I will continue, though. On his amphetamine use, which I don't care really what you do in your personal time, but this is what he said. I have been prescribed various things at various times to help with my concentration. I wish I had been more focused over the past year. On how much money is left, he said, I don't have any hidden funds. He said that he's down to about $100,000 in his bank account, and he put everything he had into FTX. On whether he's ever lied, he said there were certainly times when I acted as a marketer for FTX. What the hell does that mean? I act like a marketer. Marketers just lie, and you just lie about people's funds and steal people's money. Anyway, this goes back to my statement yesterday. The fact is, you can't trust this guy. The people keep platforming this guy. He keeps spewing lies people keep letting him spew lies like nobody's ever just said in this whole interview i don't think that said hey no that's bullshit can you tell us the truth the polycule there are no wild parties we would just play board games can you just tell us the truth sam and his parents real estate i don't know how that was paid for we weren't planning to stay here for long term but hey look they got some property here i have no clue about it come on sam (laughs) Look, if you want me to stop covering Sam Bankman Fried and FTX, please write in Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co. That's M A T T H E W A A R O N at decrypt.co because I'm actually getting sick of doing this. I'm sick of actually platforming this nut job, this scammer, this fraudster, allegedly. And I'm really getting sick of just keep promoting this guy and, and, and allowing this weird narrative that some media companies are grabbing onto. And I'm just keep on rolling this because this is crypto news, but. I feel that I'm doing a disservice to other news and also feel that I am being part of the problem of keep platforming a guy that should be in handcuffs. So if you want me to stop reporting all on this crap, let me know. Because I woke up this morning, I saw this article, I saw this interview, and I said, enough is enough. Can we just arrest the guy? And unless that news pops in the feed, I feel like I shouldn't even be talking about him. Again, Matthew, you at Crypt.co. Let me know what you think. I can go both ways. I could continue to talk about them or I could just drop them like a bad habit. Moving into some news that doesn't have anything to do with Sam Bankman-Fried or FTX. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, actually, it does kind of have something to do with FTX. Wait. Telegram announces plans to build a decentralized crypto exchange following the failure of FTX. Pavel Durov, the CEO of Telegram announced that the company would be building a non-custodial wallet and decentralized exchanges that will let millions of users safely trade cryptocurrency. He said this, in quote, This is a way that we can fix the wrongs caused by excessive centralization, which let down hundreds of thousands of cryptocurrency users. Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano, said this, in quote, The failures we're having aren't failures of protocols, aren't failures of DeFi. They're failures of trust. They're failures of regulation. They're failures of people. The company behind blockchain publishing platform Library Credits, or ticker LBRY, wrote its own obituary on Twitter yesterday after losing a fight with the SEC earlier this month. In Monday tweets, Library Inc. said that it's been killed by legal and SEC debts. In a follow-up tweet, the company made clear that its Library Incorporated must die, though the library protocol and blockchain will continue. Library, Inc. CEO Jeremy Kaufman told Decrypt that the company didn't have an exact figure of the SEC fine, but the SEC was pushing for around a $20 million penalty. So what did Library do? Well, the SEC said that the company offered and sold unregistered securities in the form of Library tokens. Library, Inc., of course, claimed their tokens were not securities, but rather its LBC token functioned as digital currency that was an essential component of its Library blockchain. So what is Library? Well, Library is a blockchain-based platform that allows users to share video content without third-party intermediaries. It has been in the past described itself as the decentralized YouTube of sorts, and it boasts its lack of censorship on the platform. Library Inc. sold those digital assets from July of 2016 to February of 2021, the SEC said. Experts told Decrypt that... This ruling gives the SEC a leg up on if it wants to label all cryptocurrencies as securities and target digital asset exchanges like Coinbase in the future. The CEO, Jeremy Kaufman, said that the SEC has very much demonstrated that they're out to damage or destroy the cryptocurrency industry in the United States. And finally, everybody's tightening their belts. Mass layoffs continue to plague the crypto industry as San Francisco-based crypto exchange Kraken, they announced today that they're cutting around 1,100 employees or 30% of its staff. Kraken founder and outgoing CEO Jesse Powell shared his reasoning behind the most recent wave of layoffs, citing broader economic concerns and the crypto bear, of course. Since the start of the year, macroeconomic and geopolitical factors have weighed in on financial markets. This resulted in a significantly lower trading volumes and fewer client signups. We responded by slowing hiring efforts and avoiding large marketing commitments. Unfortunately, negative influences on the financial markets have continued and we have exhausted preferable options for bringing costs in line with demand. Kraken, in my opinion, are being very generous. They're giving their departing employees 16 weeks of severance pay, performance bonuses to some, four months of health care post-departure, and other benefits. Jesse Powell continued to say, I'm confident with the steps that we're taking today will ensure that we can continue to deliver on our mission, which the world needs now more than ever before. I remain extremely bullish on crypto and Kraken. Thank you, my friends, for listening to this episode of The Decrypt Daily. Today is, what is today? Is today Wednesday or Thursday? I have no clue. I forgot already. It is Thursday. I'll be back tomorrow with our week in review. (sighs) It's a lot of Sam Binkman-Fried stuff. Again, email me, MatthewAaron at decrypt.co. I'd love to hear from you. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.